Hey, Wiki listeners, it's Rachel. And Victor, did you know I host the fantastic NYC Talent Show every Monday night at the Parkside Lounge in New York City? It's an off-off Broadway showcase where you can see New York's underground performance art up close. We've got weekly special guests like Colin Quinn, Janine Garofalo, Tone Bell, and lots more. Use the code WIKILISTEN for a special discount on tickets when you go to nyctalentshow.com. That's nyctalentshow.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, Right. For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. This is the Wikipedia page for this Music. Welcome to Wikilisten, the podcast where we read Wikipedia pages and provide commentary. I'm Victor Vernado, KSN. And I'm Rachel Teichman, LMSW, reminding you to subscribe. Yes, everybody. Subscribe. Or you're weak. Ooh. <laughs> Let's just get into it. Dis. Music. This article is missing information about diss tracks in hip-hop. Please expand the article to include this information. Further details may exist on the talk page. A diss track, diss record, or diss song, diss abbreviation from disrespect, is a song whose primary purpose is to verbally attack someone else, usually another artist. Diss tracks are often the result of an existing, escalating feud between the two people. For example, the artists involved may be former members of a group or artists on rival labels. Have you ever been involved in a feud like this where you were just writing diss tracks back and forth? Not exactly. I do write diss tracks about people, but there's usually no reason for my attacks. I see. I just attack people verbally. Ah, I understand. The diss track as a medium of its own was popularized in the hip-hop genre fueled by the hip-hop rivalry phenomenon, especially the East Coast-West Coast hip-hop rivalry of the mid-1990s. More recently, entertainers from outside the traditional music landscape have adopted the genre. Rachel Teichman, LMSW. She always thinks she's right. Man, but the truth is, f- you. <laughs> Sorry, you gotta beep that out. That was a diss track, though. <laughs> 
I can't believe what you would diss your own co-host on live television like that. Oh my gosh. In the course of constructing their argument, artists often include a wealth of references to past events and transgressions in their diss tracks, which listeners can dive into. Artists who are the subject of a diss track often make one of their own in response to the first. It is the back and forth associated with a feud that makes this type of song particularly viral. The term sneak diss refers to a type of verse in a song in which an artist refrains from mentioning a specific individual, but describing or referring to them in a negative or derogatory manner. That's like Alanis Morissette in her song You Oughta Know, which is about Dave Coulier. Yes, that is a sneak diss. History, origin, and early examples. This section may contain indiscriminate, excessive, or irrelevant examples. Please improve the article by adding more descriptive text and removing less pertinent examples. See Wikipedia's Guide to Writing Better Articles for further suggestions. October 2019. An early example of a diss track was You Keep Her 1962 by Joe Tex. He wrote the song after his wife left him for a soul singer, James Brown. What? Hilarious. Who then broke up with her and wrote Tex a letter saying he could have her back. Tex refused and ridiculed this offer in his song. Hilarious. I can't believe he wrote, her, wrote a, a yeah, I had letter no idea. saying he could have her back. After Lee Scratch Perry left producer Coxon Dodd, he released a track called Run for Cover 1967, poking fun at him. Perry, in particular, has a long history of releasing diss tracks directed at former musical collaborators. <laughs> the musical single People Funny Boy 1968 attacked his former boss, Joe Gibbs, by adding sounds of a crying baby into the mix. In response, Gibbs himself released a track called People Grudgeful 1968. Perry's Evil Tongues, 1978, was aimed at the Congos and Judgment in a Babylon, 1984, and Satan Kicked the Bucket, 1988, at Chris Blackwell. Perry also attacked Michael Jackson, with whom he had never worked on the track Freaky Michael, 2010. Wow, Perry. I support it. John Lennon of The Beatles wrote Sexy Sadie, a song released on the band's 1968 album The Beatles, as a diss track aimed at Maharishi Mayesh Yogi, a guru who he felt had been a letdown to them. The original lyrics specifically targeted him, but at the request of George Harrison, the lyrics became more vague. I had no idea that was a diss track. That's so funny that there's a diss track for a yogi. Yeah. <laughs> You probably taught him taught him a big lesson, John Lennon. That's my goal. My goal is to be the healer that people write diss tracks about. Oh, and he's back at it again. Lennon's How Do You Sleep 1971 from his solo album Imagine is another prototypical example of a diss track. Lennon had the impression that the song Too Many People from Paul McCartney's Ram 1971 was a dig at him, something McCartney later admitted <laughs> Oh my god, so at the time, 
he was like, is this song about me and Paul McCartney? He was like, no. And then he's like, yeah. <laughs> and later admitted it was true. Lennon thought that other songs on the album, such as Three Legs, contained similar attacks and the back cover of Ram showing one stag beetle mounting another has been described by McCartney as indicative of how he felt treated by the other members of the Beatles. As a result, Lennon's How Do You Sleep indirectly mocked McCartney's musicianship. While McCartney is never mentioned in the song, the many references make clear that he is the target, particularly in the lyrics. The only thing you done was yesterday, and since you've gone, you're just another day. Oof. Yeah, he's on him. The first lyric being a reference to the Beatles' 1965 song, Yesterday, and the second line referring to McCartney's 1971 song, Another Day. That is a diss and uses his own song titles against them. It's so good. John Lennon was savage. Yeah. The opening track on Queen's album, A Night at the Opera, Death on Two Legs, dedicated to, is a prime example of a hard rock diss track directed toward the band's former manager. The Sex Pistols recorded two diss tracks, New York aimed at the New York Dolls and EMI aimed at their former record label, EMI. Wild Man Fisher wrote a song called Frank in 1980, which was aimed at his former record producer, Frank Zappa, who enabled him to record his debut album in An Evening with Wild Man Fisher, 1969, but afterwards broke all contact when the mentally disturbed Fisher threw a bottle at Zappa's infant daughter and missed. Oh, I can see why Zappa (laughs) dropped him. Mm Mm-hmm. Dr. Demento once played Frank when Zappa was a guest on his show, and to his amazement, Zappa turned absolutely livid with anger when he heard it, even threatening the radio host to never ever play this song again on the air. Coalescing the genre early hip-hop rivalries. In the 1980s, diss tracks began to feature prominently in the hip-hop genre. The first known hip-hop feud or beef was the Roxanne Wars. The Roxanne Wars began in 1984 when Roxanne Shante and Marley Morrill released the song Roxanne's Revenge. A diss track aimed at the trio UTFO Roxanne's Revenge was a quick success, leading UTFO to compose a response. They joined forces with Elise Jack and Adelaida Martinez, who adopted the stage name The Real Roxanne, to release a song under that name in 1985. Roxanne Shante replied soon afterward, and the feud rapidly expanded from there, with numerous other rappers writing songs that expanded upon the Roxanne mythos. That is amazing. I was there. I was a kid when all of this was happening. Wow. Not only that, not only that, I didn't know how big it got, because I heard like three or four songs. I was like, what is going on? (laughs) I didn't know it was called the Roxanne Wars. That's amazing. Here's how it goes. Roxanne, Roxanne, I want to be your man. Roxanne, Roxanne. (laughs) It's a lot of that. Wow. Yeah. (laughs) Another prominent hip-hop feud from the 1980s was the Bridge Wars, a dispute over the birthplace of hip-hop Marley Mall and MC Sean released the track The Bridge in 1985 in which they were perceived as claiming that the genre originated in Queensbridge. KRS-One and Boogie Down Productions responded with South Bronx in 1986 and the feud continued to escalate, culminating with Boogie Down Productions, The Bridge is Over. 
in 1987. I know the South Bronx song. That's a great song. That whole paragraph was extremely New York. South Bronx! South, South Bronx! I'm down. There also existed smaller scale rivalries during this period. Craig Werner describes interminable ego duels between LL Cool J and Cool Mo D during the later 1980s. Wiki listeners, you can support us by listening to this message while Victor tries to go think of a better diss than he made before. Thank you for listening to that message, everybody. You've been wonderful. Talk soon. Let's get back to the show. East Coast versus West Coast era. The East Coast-West Coast hip-hop rivalry led to increased popularity for hip-hop diss tracks. This feud began with Bronx rapper Tim Dog's 1991 song, Compton, which expressed his anger at record company's preference of West Coast artists over the East Coast. This song provoked many responses, including Dr. Dre's single, with Dre Day the following year. With Dre Day is also notable as a diss track that emerged from the breakup of the group NWA, taking shots at former group member Eazy-E. The NWA breakup also led to Ice Cube's diss track, No Vaseline, in 1991. By the way, No Vaseline has got to be one of the best diss tracks ever written. Really? Yes. It's such a good title. It's amazing. It's so good. It is a diss track after NWA broke up and they were talking about him. But see, he was their lyricist for NWA. So he left NWA and all their lyrics got worse. And then they tried to diss him. And then he, being the original lyricist of NWA, released a song that was so well written (laughs) and dissing them all hardcore. It's hilarious. I'm going to have to check that out. It's a great song. The East Coast-West Coast rivalry came to be exemplified by the feud between Tupac and the notorious B.I.G., which began after Biggie's song Who Shot Ya was interpreted by Tupac as a mockery of his 1994 robbery. Though both B.I.G. and Puff Daddy denied involvement and asserted that Who Shot Ya had been recorded before the robbery, Tupac nevertheless retorted on several tracks, most famously Hit Em Up in 1996. Another major feud from this era was the feud between Jay-Z and Nas in the late 1990s and early 2000s. Jay-Z dissed Nas as well as Prodigy of Mob Deep on the 2001 track Takeover and Nas retorted later that year with Ether. Ether in particular has come to be seen as a classic diss track and caused Ether to emerge as a slang term meaning to ruthlessly defeat someone in a rap battle. Ooh, that is quite the feat. Contemporary hip-hop rivalries. In the 2010s, rivalries among hip-hop musicians have birthed numerous notable diss tracks. I just wanted to note that, based on what we're reading, at the top it said this article is missing information about diss tracks in hip-hop, and it seems like that's all we're talking about right now. Yeah, take it, Wikipedia. After years of a reported feud and subtle reference, rapper... Pusha T called out Lil Wayne as well as Wayne's Cash Money and Young Money record labels in a 2012 song, Exodus 23-1. Lil Wayne responded with a diss track of his own, Ghoulish. Drake, who at the time was signed to Young Money, subsequently entered the feud with Tuscan Leather, 
a song on his 2013 album, Nothing Was the Same. Pusha T and Drake then recorded several further diss tracks against each other. In 2016, Pusha T released the freestyle HGTV, and Drake responded with Two Birds, One Stone. Pusha T then continued the feud with Infrared, the closing track of his 2018 album, Daytona. This song sparked the response, Duppy Freestyle from Drake, to which Pusha T responded with The Story of Adidan. The cover of The Story of Adidan depicted a young Drake in blackface and featured lyrics revealing that Drake had a son. Due to Drake's high level of commercial success and popularity, the feud and the diss tracks that followed received significant coverage from hip-hop media and beyond. So, like... What I'm taking away from all of this in general is that somebody could write a diss track and then you don't actually hear the next diss track in response to the last one until the next album comes out. And that could be like a year or like a couple of years. Like, it's just like a very slow motion diss exchange. I don't know if you ever heard of the Internet. No, I haven't. Tell me more. It's this thing where people can respond to each other fairly quickly. Yeah, but that doesn't mean that the song is going to be released like that quickly. No, it doesn't mean that it is for sure. That is true. Yeah. In 2015, Drake also engaged in a feud against rapper Meek Mill, who alleged that Drake used ghostwriters for his music. Drake's second diss track in response to the allegations was Back to Back, which went on to become a critical and commercial success. In 2017, rapper... Remy Ma released a diss track aimed at Nicki Minaj named Shether, a reference to the aforementioned Nas diss track using the same beat. In 2018, rapper Eminem, who had a long history of being embroiled with feuds, released Killshot in response to MGK's Rap Devil. Collectively, the official uploads to YouTube alone have raised more than 800 million views as of 2023. Oh my gosh, you gotta put some diss tracks on the internet. I think you should. Online Renaissance. Disc tracks found a resurgence in the late 2010s as personalities from platforms outside of music, especially YouTubers, entered the medium. Disc tracks performed especially well on the platform, often drawing tens or hundreds of millions of views, spawning internet memes and earning millions of dollars in AdSense revenue for their creators. Notable participants in this movement included Logan Paul, Jake Paul, Rice Gum, and KSI with PewDiePie and Dubs TV being large creators who engaged in diss track parodies. Everything always comes back to PewDiePie. In 2018, YouTuber Jake Paul was certified RIAA Platinum for his track It's Every Day Bro, and YouTubers Ricegum and Alyssa Violet were certified Platinum for It's Every Night Sis, the diss track they made in response. In 2022, rapper Pusha T and Arby's made a diss track against McDonald's filet fish saying, a little cube of fish from a clown is basic, among other criticisms. Hilarious. <laughs> yeah, I would say that a little cube of fish from a clown is basic. You're basic. Little cube of fish from a clown. All right. This has been the Wikipedia page for Dis Music. Thanks for listening to Wikilisten. You can find us at wikilisten.com and on all social media and on TikTok at Wikilisten. 
except for Twitter, which is at wiki underscore listen. Please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts because it really helps us out. Don't forget to smash that subscribe button with all your diss tracks. If there's a particular page you'd like us to read, let us know. We'll read it. Even on a budget, quality is non-negotiable. That's why Quince is the place to score high-end essentials at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Get your hands on buttery soft cashmere sweaters from just 60 bucks, Italian leather jackets, and so much more. And the best part about Quince, they exclusively partner with factories committed to safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Elevate your style without the elevated price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more and is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.